Welcome to another episode of the Harvest Profit Podcast. This is Nick Horb, the founder of Harvest Profit. First of all, I've had a few people complain about the volume levels of these recordings or these podcasts, and so I jacked up the volume today. Uh, I, I have been moving it higher, but uh, a couple people complained here the other day, and so I just wanted to see if you are having any, if you think this is too quiet too loud, any other issues, please email me nick at harvestprofit.com and and I'll make some adjustments and we'll go from there. So on yesterday's episode, I talked about the unfortunate reality of grain marketing is that I I went back and relayed a story of talking to a grain merchandiser during a, a really sharp rally back in the end of the marketing season in 2010. So I believe October of 2010, and we had a really violent move higher on a USDA report day, if I remember correctly. And I was surprised at the lack of, uh, he told me it was crickets where he was at. And he was in an area that had a pretty good crop in 2010 as well. But people were bullish. They just weren't selling. And that goes, you know, a little bit surprising at the time. But, you know, I empathize with his customers they have a lot of time, money, energy invested in growing a crop, and it's just human nature to to want to get a, a positive ROI. But one of the reasons I think that it's hard to keep selling into rallies, it's hard to uh, make proactive decisions. You know what we're what we're really trying to help people with is giving more visibility into the number side of the farm. It gives more confidence and ultimately allows you to take more control of the financial outcome of your operation. And what I think really helps with that is just reframing the the goal or the metric that you look at. And if you think about what I met a farmer one time and he told me, Nick, I'm I'm really on top of the grain markets and you know, I don't think I need any help. And I asked, you know, can you please explain like what do you do? What are your daily activities? And really it boiled down to his being on top of the grain markets. This was quite a while ago. This was maybe even 10 years ago. And he had uh, text messages set up. I think it was like five times a day they would text him the markets. And that was, you know, him staying on top of the markets. And to his credit, he's correct. He was staying on top of the markets. But I actually think that's probably counterproductive on getting reminded of those those fluctuations that happen inevitably every day. But that was his metric that he was watching. Uh, I know a, a friend who farms in Minnesota, another friend in Minnesota, coincidentally, and he showed me a spreadsheet that he had put together uh, on his grain marketing. And so he had all of his sales, all of his prices. So if it was a hedge to arrive, you know, he'd put in an estimated basis, uh, Ford contract, a cash price, a futures hedge, he'd you know, would attach a basis to anyway, a really detailed and nice spreadsheet. And then he compared it to the market price. And so then at the bottom, you know, let's say the weighted average cash price and just picking around, you know, not, not really identifying a commodity, but say, you know, $5 a bushel. And then if the market is at $4 a bushel, you would feel pretty good because your average sale price is at five. And if you change that market price to six, it would show a loss, you know, an opportunity loss of a dollar a bushel. And so he built a spreadsheet that was going to make him feel worse as markets go higher. 
And as a farmer, as a commodity participant, you have a lot of assets that have a positive correlation with higher commodity prices, farmland, equipment. There's likely that you have you know, some exposure, whether it's either old crop or new crop or the, the crop two years out, three years out. And so higher prices shouldn't be looked at negatively. And that spreadsheet that he showed me, was he was really framing the decision to be in a, you know, an emotional or behavioral headwind to him selling on rallies. And so he was framing that decision or framing the, the result of his decisions in an incorrect manner, in my opinion. And instead of framing those sales against the current market price, they should be against something that's more meaningful and more in your control. And two of them are cost of production and working capital. How do the daily fluctuations impact your cost of production, your profitability? So you'd be comparing it to your cost of production. And then how do they impact your working capital? And so my my kind of dream vision here is, you know, imagine if you went to your elevator, your elevator's website, and you had, instead of a cash price per bushel, they showed you a uh, margin per acre. And then in, an, in another column, you had a long-term margin per acre target. I think that would be a more sane way of approaching your marketing and even better you know I call that reframing you're you're reframing what you're focusing on when it comes to your grain marketing and even better than that what if you had you know the ability to automate some of that so you automate the target if so and so conditions happen where I meet my long-term margin goal of $50 per acre you can lock in a price. And so you don't have to watch the daily fluctuations or if I get to the point where I have $200 an acre, well, $200 an acre is maybe aggressive. Well, let's just say if I get to the point where I have X numbers of working capital, X dollars of working capital, I'm going to execute a plan on, you know, it might be setting basis, it might be selling old crop, it might be selling new crop, it might be you know, you might even be discounting some of your future year's production and incorporating some sort of a, a margin. You know, if we're looking at really profitable prices, you might even include future year's production discounted back to today minus liabilities, you know, in your working capital. And so I think you can get creative, but just really reframing the decision. And so I think what a lot of people do is they have a a mental spreadsheet very similar to this spreadsheet that I saw out in Minnesota a number of years ago where you have your contracts in your head, prices associated with them, and you're comparing them to the market price today. If you're sold at 375 and the market today is 325, you naturally feel good. If the market is 425 and your price is 375, you naturally feel bad. And that's not everybody. There's plenty of people I've met who they are, it's in the minority, but there are plenty of people I've met who can watch a rally and understand that that is having a positive outcome 
on the bottom line of your operation. And so really the point of this is let's, you know, trying to reframe your decision. You know, if you're one of the outliers that, you know, can can really healthy, make healthy size sales into rallies, like selling new crop, you know, this probably isn't the, the conversation for you. But, you know, if I think about myself in, you know, the stock market, um, or, you know, a couple of the real estate transactions I've been in, you know, anybody, most people are subject to this kind of hindsight, you know, hindsight bias, you know, resulting bias, judging our decisions based on the, the results versus basing the decisions on the factors that went into them. And so whether it's mentally or using a spreadsheet or using a pencil and paper, I'm a really big proponent of reframing what we look, you know, how we're thinking about the outcome of the decisions we're making. And so don't compare it to something that you just have no control over that has no impact um, ultimately on, you know, it does have an impact, you know, looking at the cash price, the cash market price of a commodity obviously has an impact on your bottom line, but something that you have a little more control over and ultimately has more meaning. And so whether you're, you know, a cattle feeder, a cow-calf operator, you know, a specialty crop malt barley grower in Canada, a cotton or rice grower in the southern U.S., corn, soybeans, wheat. Think about ways that you can reframe the the marketing side, the revenue side, the price side of your commodity business in a way that allows you to make more proactive and what I believe is ultimately more profitable and removing the the risk of ruin, the the chance that you end up in a scenario that puts you out of business. Because at the end of the day, if you're going to make 10,000, if you're going to make a thousand different grain sales over your career, you know, it's hard to be a lot better than average. I do think you can be better than average, especially if you approach your grain marketing, like, you know, if you sprinkle in some merchandising principles, um, looking at spreads, setting pot, you know, setting the basis on your, on your future sales when, prices or when the market really wants your grain. I do think there's ample opportunity to be better than the market average cash price. But really what you're trying to do is you're trying to minimize the risk of ruin, increase the risk adjusted return on your business. So if you have if you have nothing sold and you know if farmer A has nothing sold and you end up with the exact same price at the end of the year versus a farmer who you know, had forward contracted, you know, half of their crop, the risk adjusted returns throughout the year are going to be different because the farmer who has the grain sold, he's going to be have a greatly reduced and maybe even eliminated the, the risk of ruin in his operation that year. And so really, I think that reframing our grain marketing decisions is a powerful way to be more proactive, be more profitable, and reduce the risk that you face in an inherently risky business that is farming. So I wanted to just close the loop on the conversation that I had yesterday about my my uh, talk with the grain merchandiser who was buying no or very little grain at the highest prices we had seen in over two years because people were they were in regret mode. They were regretting the decisions they made. Um, didn't really know what to do. Uh, the market had rallied so much; it just left left a lot of uncertainty. 
and like I said earlier, regret. And so reframing the way you look and the way you judge your grain marketing, like I said earlier, whether it's pencil and paper, whether it's a spreadsheet, a software tool, I think that's one of the higher ROI activities that you can focus on doing this winter is just putting that putting that structure, putting that tracking in place you know, to allow you to um, be able to take advantage of these rallies that tend to come more frequently than what we think during low price periods. So with that, that's the end of today's podcast. If you have any feedback on the podcast itself, volume, content, you know, we're just, this isn't a structured interview podcast. Just want to share thoughts and ideas of uh, farm finances, our business, things we're doing here, our team. And so we're just going to kind of keep putting out content. But if there's a way that we can improve it, feel free to reach out. Uh, Nick at harvestprofit.com or support at harvestprofit.com and we will talk to you soon. Thank you.